These are the sounds of the 21st century. Continuing BBC Radio 2 and Trevor Dan's company's production from 2001 onwards. You will hear the music, news, films, TV shows and people from each year with no hindsight and no looking back, just the sounds. We've reached part 11 of this ongoing series, the year of the UK riots, the phone hacking scandal and a royal wedding. It was the year that saw the demise of both Bin Laden and Colonel Gaddafi and tensions rose in France after the burqa ban. The music world lost Amy Winehouse, while Manchester United were upset by their noisy neighbours' city. For the next hour, it's 2011. What about your husband, Mrs Brown? What do you mean, Betty? Well, when did you realise you loved him? Love? Five or six months, I'd say, now after he died. Journalists putting together the final edition of the News of the World remain determined to pay tribute to its 168-year-old history. It's a bitter end for the paper, famous for its populist and often lurid headlines that have been a fixture of British tabloid culture. One such victim, the family of murdered 13-year-old Millie Dowler, whose phone was hacked into while police searched for her whereabouts. It's the toughest battle ever faced by owner Rupert Murdoch, the most powerful woman in British newspapers, Rebecca Brooks. Or at least she was till she quit from Rupert Murdoch's News International on Friday. And today she was arrested on suspicion of involvement in phone hacking and corruption. Mrs Brooks is the tenth person to have been arrested in relation to allegations that the News of the World instigated phone hacking and bribery of the police. On July the 8th, Clive Goodman, the paper's former royal editor, was arrested on suspicion of involvement in making illegal payments to the police. The same day, Andy Coulson, the former editor of the News of the World and till January David Cameron's communications director at 10 Downing Street, was arrested on suspicion of involvement in corruption and phone hacking. As for Rupert and James Murdoch, for them, Mrs Brooks was something of a human shield. The pressure on them to explain precisely what they knew and when will only intensify. First of all, I would like to say as well just how sorry I am and how sorry we are. Uh, to particularly the victims of illegal voicemail interceptions and to their families. I would just like to say one sentence. This is the most humble day of my life.
700 people have been arrested in New York after their protest blocked Brooklyn Bridge. The demonstrators are from a movement known as Occupy Wall Street, who've been camped out in the city's financial district for two weeks. They say they're protesting against corporate greed. America's mecca of capitalism is being assailed by activists fed up with the financial institutions they blame for the economic downturn, which they say are getting off scot-free. People are realizing that we are all one and it is our governments that work against us to keep everyone down and to, that's how the 1% gets away with it. They started small but seem to be growing, supported by unions and celebrity figures and have increasingly drawn the reaction of the state. Similar but smaller campaigns are sprouting in other cities. It's too soon to say whether this is the beginnings of mass rallies, but that is certainly the hope of those taking to the street protesting an economic system they are convinced has failed. Let's talk to Peter, who's one of the supporters of this uh, campaign today. It's uh, the, the Occupy the London Stock Exchange. In reality, you're not doing that. You're making a point, aren't you? Uh, what we are doing is occupying and opening up this space directly next door to an institution which gambled with our economy recklessly and criminally. What we're doing is creating a real democratic alternative through assemblies, through workshops, through discussions. And to its highest level since 1994, with young people hit hardest, public sector jobs are being slashed and private companies are not hiring in a stagnant economy. Prime Minister David Cameron was quick to blame the global financial crisis and Eurozone turmoil, refusing to ease off on his austerity plans. If we change course on reducing our deficit, we'd end up with interest rates like Portugal, like Spain, like Italy, like Greece, and we'd send our economy into a tailspin. 2.57 million Britons are out of work, 8.1% of the workforce. Among 16 to 24-year-olds, the jobless rate is over 21%. This comes as new figures show 2 million adults living in poverty in the UK, along with a further 2.25 million children. A report by the Institute for Fiscal Studies, a respected think tank, talks about an unprecedented collapse in living standards in Britain. The Institute for Fiscal Studies report predicts the poorest Britons getting poorer, particularly affecting children. But the government insists that reforms it is making to the welfare system will reduce poverty levels. Fires are burning across large parts of London tonight as more serious violence breaks out on the streets of the capital for the third night in a row. For the first time since the trouble began on Saturday, the violence has also fled outside the capital in Birmingham. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, has called the attacks sheer criminality. 
The smoke is a signal of the mayhem in the distance. The death of a man in one part of London has triggered a wave of violence in neighbourhoods in the north and south of the capital. The police said they would have more officers on the streets of London tonight, and here they moved in in force. And tonight, to the south of London, this was Croydon, a furniture store in flames. I don't care. I've, I've, I've never seen such a disregard for human life. Nice little anarchists. I hope they have a nice little party. I hope they're rotten hell. This is an area which is miles from the shooting, which has triggered this unimagined spiral of violence. Let's be absolutely clear that there is no excuse for violence, there is no excuse for looting, uh, there is no excuse for thuggery. I do urge now that parents uh, start contacting their children and asking where their children are. Uh, there are far too many spectators uh, who are getting in the way of the police operations uh, to tackle criminal uh, thuggery uh, and burglary. In a development which will alarm police and politicians, tonight the trouble moved outside London. This was Birmingham, vandals and looters out in the city centre. This is the image of London that has flashed around the world today, not what the city wants less than a year before the world gathers here for the Olympic Games. So the capital city's police force has two urgent questions to answer now. What was the sequence of events that led to Mark Dugan's death? And how did a peaceful protest get out of hand so quickly and lead to this? The Prime Minister has visited one of the worst-hit areas overnight in Croydon uh, in South London where huge fires burned, in particular uh, a huge furniture store which was 150 years old and burnt to the ground in 45 minutes. I am determined, the government is determined, that justice will be done and these people will see the consequences of their actions. And I have this very clear message to those people who are responsible for this wrongdoing and criminality. You will feel the full force of the law. And if you are old enough to commit these crimes, you are old enough to face the punishment. The terrifying moment when it all began. A super earthquake and nowhere to hide. It was exactly 2.46pm local time when the earthquake struck. Offices, homes and shops shook and rocked, leaving some people in tower blocks trapped without escape. For those living by the coast, worse was to come. The 23-foot tsunami triggered by the quake reached the shore with terrifying speed. Boats broke away from moorings, splintering as though made of matchsticks. Whole buildings collapsed into the water. As nighttime fell, fires were still breaking out in the places that bore the brunt of the disaster, 
Rescue teams reported they'd found hundreds dead in Sendai and more bodies in other places. Many people are still missing. Aftershocks have continued. On this day of catastrophe, the scale has been so immense, it's hard to absorb it all. No, I can't take one more step towards you Cause all that's waiting is regret And don't you know I'm not your ghost anymore You lost the love I loved the most House, her life and lyrics were equally dark. Doomed love and addictions were the inspiration for so many of her songs. Her career was short, her meltdown rapid. She became as well known for her personal problems as her music. As her popularity shot up, Winehouse descended into a world of drink and drugs, arrests and failed detoxes. It's thought her relationship with husband Blake Fielder-Civil fueled much of her erratic behaviour. She was an undeniably talented singer. For you, I was she drew comparisons with the likes of Billie Holiday and Nina Simone. Winehouse, self-destruction was her muse. But in the end, she was defeated by it. The man who gave the world the Apple Mac, the iPhone and the iPad has died at the age of 56. Steve Jobs transformed the way millions of people communicate, reinventing digital technology over and over again. He died after battling cancer for seven years. Good morning, Mr. Barton. How can I help you? Yes, I'd like to order 4,000 lattes to go, please. No, just kidding. The iPhone was, after all, just a phone. But its success was the latest triumph of a company which showed that good design was essential to good computing. The Apple story started at an amateur computing club, where in the early 70s, Steve Jobs met Steve Wozniak, and they were soon working on their first computers. It was Wozniak who brought the engineering expertise, but it was Jobs who had the drive to turn Apple into a business. It all served to increase the devotion of those who saw Apple as far more than just a business, but as a movement with Steve Jobs as its leader. Uh, well, Steve Jobs is, is kind of the, you know, the cult leader of Apple. He's the figurehead behind it all. He is Apple. He was the man who cared about what products looked like, not just what they did. 
Steve Jobs, a visionary who saw the power of digital technology to change the way we live. This one is for the boys with the booming system. Top town AC with the cooling system. When he come up in the club, he be blazing up. Got stacks on deck like he's saving up. And he ill, he real, he might got a deal. He pop bottles and he got the right kind of bill. He cold, he dope, he might sell coke. He always in the air, but he never fly coach. He a motherfucking drip, drip, killer or the strip, strip. When he make a drip, drip, kiss him on a lip, lip. That's the kind of dude I was looking for. And yes, you'll get slapped if you're looking hoe. I said, excuse me, you're a hell of a guy. I mean, my, 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 you're like pelican fly. I mean, you're so shy and I'm loving your tie. You're like slicker than the guy with the thing on his eye, oh. Yes, I did, yes, I did. Somebody please tell him who the F I is. I am Nicki Minaj, I match them dudes up. That coops up and chop the dudes up. this morning, the White House released President Obama's long-form birth certificate, the original birth certificate from the day he was born, August 4th, 1961, in Hawaii. Of course, the, many questions have been raised about whether what the president had released, the certificate of live birth, was indeed authentic. The White House maintained that it was. Now, I know that uh, there's going to be a segment of people for which, no matter what we put out, uh, this issue will not be put to rest. But I'm speaking to the vast majority of the American people. Uh, as well as to the press. We do not have time for this kind of silliness. The person raising the most questions about this was a man who says he's looking at running for president, Donald Trump, uh, the New York billionaire real estate uh, magnate. In fact, he was touching down in New Hampshire today, the early primary state of New Hampshire, as the White House was releasing this document. And when he landed, he seemed to take credit for it. Today, I'm very proud of myself because I've accomplished something that nobody else has been able to accomplish. Our president has finally released a birth certificate. I'd want to look at it, but I hope it's true. Donald Trump is here tonight. Now I know that he's taken some flack lately, but no one is happier, no one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest to ban the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? All kidding aside, obviously we all know about your credentials and breadth of experience. Um. 7 a.m. waking up in the morning. Gotta be fresh, gotta go downstairs. Gotta have my bowl, gotta have cereal. Seeing everything, the time is going. Ticking on and on, everybody's rushing. Gotta get down to the bus stop. Gotta catch my bus.
Amanda Knox literally was bowed over by the news that her conviction for the murder of her roommate had been overturned and she is free after nearly four years. The tension grew with every one of the nine hours of deliberation. Then well into the night, the appeal judge summoned Knox from the 13 by 13 foot cell that has been her home for so long. Speaking deliberately in Italian, the judge rejected claims Knox and her former Italian boyfriend were part of a lurid sex murder. The courtroom erupted in cheers. Outside the courtroom, there was outrage. This day of judgment started with Knox's emotional plea in court to be freed. She said, I am paying with my life for something I didn't do. I didn't kill. I didn't rape. I insist after four years, after four hopeless years, my innocence. I want to go home. I want to go back to my life. I deserve freedom. It is the sound that is most haunting. The sound of Anders bearing Breivik coldly, calmly killing. He had more than an hour before the police arrived. In all, Breivik killed 69 people here. It was calculated, but it took Norway's police by surprise. They were busy dealing with Breivik's first attack, a bomb in the capital Oslo. They evacuated the city centre. That decision allowed Breivik, caught on camera, to leave for his main target, the island. And there were more delays. Norway's elite commando unit drove to the island before cramming onto a police launch that almost sank. They had to be rescued by a local boat. The police and the government have now apologised for the failings. No one expects an apology from the man who admits to the crimes, Anders Bering Breivik, who'll appear in court to face justice. Swinging in the backyard, pull up in your fast car, whistling my name. Open up a beer and you say get over here and play a video game. I'm in his favorite sundress, watching me get undressed, take that body downtown. I say you the bestest, leaning for a big kiss, put his favorite perfume on, go play a video game. It's you, it's you, it's all for you, everything I do, I tell you all the time. Heaven is a place on earth with you, tell me all the things you want to do, I heard that you like. 
Joanna's family appealed increasingly desperately for information, one man knew exactly where she was. Vincent Tabak, her next-door neighbour, had strangled Joanna Yates for his sexual gratification and hidden her body by the side of a road. This was Tabak just after the killing, casually wandering the aisles of Asda. He bought crisps, beer and rock salt to melt the snow, and then he texted his girlfriend to say he was bored. All the while parked outside was his silver Renault Megane, in the boot the body of Joanna Yates. Joanna Yates' body was found on Christmas Day by the side of this quiet country lane on the outskirts of Bristol. Her family laid flowers in the snow where her body had been. One moment, Christopher Jeffries was a concerned landlord and neighbour. The next, he was a murder suspect, an innocent man and a life changed forever. In the event, I suppose, um, something which started to make me feel really rather angry that... Um, uh, I knew that I was innocent, nobody else knew that um, I was innocent, but nevertheless I was required to go through these very protracted series of interviews during the course of three days. And as police concentrated on Christopher um, Jeffries, Joanna Yates' real killer, Vincent Tabak, remained a free man. The lingering suspicion and the attention it attracted pushed Christopher Jeffries into hiding. He was forced to stay with friends and to change his distinctive appearance. It is something that one could never imagine in one's uh, wildest and worst nightmares happening. That you settle down, that you found a girl and you're married now. That your dreams came. Guess she gave you things I didn't give to you Stay away, I couldn't fight it I had hoped you'd see my face And that you'd be reminded that for me It isn't over Would you contemplate the idea uh, of having a referendum for the British people on the broader question of whether or not we should either leave or renegotiate? You've committed yourself to renegotiation in a sense, but if it doesn't work, where does that leave you? On the issue of a referendum, I don't favour an in-out referendum because I don't actually think uh, that is the question most people in Britain want, want answered. It's about what sort of Europe, and I think we should try and deliver the sort of Europe people want, but knowing that we've got this 
for the first time, a proper guarantee that if there is a proposal to pass power from Westminster to Brussels, the British public get a vote in a referendum. The Eurozone is clearly in crisis. To pile upon that uncertainty, the further uncertainty of a referendum on leaving the European Union, when half the foreign direct investment coming into Britain comes from the rest of the European Union, and half our exports go out to the rest of the European Union, I say, frankly, is not a responsible action for Her Majesty's Government to take. This is about whether or not we give the people, the hundreds of thousands of people who want to have a chance to discuss this, whether we give them the chance to have a debate. I mean, the idea that e-petitions could spark debates in Westminster was a fantastic idea that young people particularly thought, this is great, we can engage with the process. And at the first time that it succeeds, and we get a debate on the floor of the House of Commons, very cynically, the three party leaders close down free speech, free voting on this issue, and people will ask themselves, is there any point in the future in bothering to get signatures on these e-petitions? And that, I think, is really rather sad. Me. You hit me like the sky fell on me, fell on me And I decided you look well on me, well on me So let's go somewhere no one else can see you and me Turn the lights out now, now I'll take you by the hand Hand you another drink, drink it if you can Can you spend a little time? Time is slipping away Away from us, so stay, stay with me Make you glad you came The sun goes down The stars come out And all that counts Is here and now My universe Will never be the same I'm glad you came I'm glad you came Michael Jackson's doctor Conrad Murray Has been sentenced to the maximum Four years in jail For causing the singer's death It should be made very clear That experimental medicine is not going to be tolerated. And Mr. Jackson was an experiment. The fact that he participated in it does not excuse or lessen the blame of Dr. Murray, who simply could have walked away and said no, as countless others did. The sentence the judge has imposed is the maximum four-year term available under the law. We heard a remarkable speech by Judge Pastor from the bench. He said that Conrad Murray had practiced medical madness for money, fame, and prestige. He said that his conduct with Michael Jackson showed a, quote, long-standing failure of character and a horrific violation of trust you're insecure don't know what for you're turning heads when you walk through the door don't need makeup to cover up being the way that you are is enough everyone else in the room can see it everyone else but you
A celebrity at the centre of an injunction over allegations concerning an affair is to sue the social networking site Twitter. The site allows users to post, often anonymously, brief messages by text or computer. Earlier this month, one Twitter user named a number of people allegedly involved in injunctions in breach of court rulings. Well, our political correspondent Kathy Newman is at the High Court. What can you say without getting you or me sued? Well, I try and tread carefully. I can't name the celebrity, but what I can say is that he's a professional footballer who's alleged to have had an affair with Imogen Thomas, the former Big Brother star. He's now filed a lawsuit here at the High Court, which not only sues Twitter as an organisation, but also persons unknown, and that means Twitter users. Now, this is the first time, as I understand it, that Twitter has been sued in the UK. And there's a pretty good reason for that, because Twitter, as a company, is based in the US. So it's protected from what goes on here in the UK courts. And for that very reason, media lawyers that I spoke to earlier said that this whole legal action was pretty pointless. Um, with about 75,000 people having named Ryan Giggs on Twitter, it's obviously impractical to imprison them all. Order. Let me just say to the honourable gentleman, I know that he's already done it, but occasions such as this are occasions for raising the issues of principle involved, not seeking to flout for whatever purpose. Basically, Ryan Giggs has spent an awful lot of money to ensure that he's become world famous <laughs> for stuff other than football. Yeah. But people still might be sued for telling people that it was him. So. Yeah. There's a legal expert, Joshua Rosenberg. Yeah. This is, what, this is what he had to say about it, right? Well, the law is clear. Uh, there is still a court order in force which says that we can't name Ryan Giggs <laughs> as the person who did these Will Maria give Lauren and Kirk grief? I can't stand him. Woman, he's a vicious idiot. And has the irresistible Joey Essex helped Sam to move on? No comment. Got to look green, smell green, be green. All the gossip, glam, and fake tan in the only way is Essex. New episodes every Sunday and Wednesday at ten on ITV2 and ITV2 HD. Well, strike a fancy pose. Made in Chelsea Series 2 is coming soon on E4. Awesome. If you miss our first time round, there's no need for a crisis. Hurry up and just get together. Series 1 is on 4OD now for you to catch up on the cocktails, country homes and curious skin tones. You should definitely stop wearing makeup. It's not makeup on me too. Get down to Posh Town. Yes. Well, quiet. Made in Chelsea Series 1. Catch up on 4OD now. The country's best-known broadcaster, Sir Jimmy Savile, has died at the age of 84. With a career that spanned 40 years, he was famous for his show Jim Will Fix It and for being the first and last presenter of Top of the Pops. Sir Jimmy was also well-known for his charity work, raising more than £40 million. Jimmy Savile loved the limelight and crowds loved him. But underneath the flamboyant showman, he was a profound enigma. He became famous for his catchphrases, his dyed hair and eccentric clothes. But he also put his celebrity to use, raising money for charity. He ran marathons, raised £20 million for the Spinal Injuries Centre at Stoke Mandeville and at Leeds Infirmary worked regularly as a porter. All my life I was governed by fun. Single fella, no expenses. Every day is Christmas Day, every night's New Year's Eve. It's all fun. It was fun when I started, and it's fun today, and there's nothing wrong with a bit of fun. Let's go! 
take a little bit of time to sink in um, but just to, to sit here knowing that I've just won that trophy um, you know following in the footsteps of my you know one of my best friends Green McDowell last year Pebble you know it's a great feeling and you know to get my first major championship out of the way quite early on in my career you know it feels great just looking forward to, to put myself uh, in the picture for, for hopefully many more. Well, they had a big score many years ago, didn't they, against uh, United. This will go down in the annals as an even better result. Silva volleys it forward brilliantly and puts it on a plate for Xhaka again. It is six. Six of the best for Manchester City. United not just beaten, humiliated. Most certainly top dogs in the city of Manchester at this moment. What a day for their fans, players and management alike. What's the right? These days happen, these scores happen. They, they don't usually happen to Manchester United. No, no, that's true, but um, we did. It was a horrible defeat, but really mainly suicidal to us. We at 10 when we kept attacking our fullbacks right up the wingers almost and left ourselves at the back. 2v3 times, it was crazy football and um, ends up in embarrassment. Manchester City obviously um, are, are going to be, you know, the the main ones. What will they do if they say they're in the Europa League? I mean, they, they play their second team. Yeah. Uh, hold on, I'm just hearing that we're hearing some, oh my goodness, we're hearing some very, very serious and sad news. Um, let's go to Nigel Adderley. Nigel. Yes, um, I'm here at uh, Swansea City, where Swansea City play Aston Villa today here in Wales. And the Football Association of Wales have just confirmed that Gary Speed, the national manager, has died. Uh, the news has broken in the past couple of moments. There's a very short statement on the FAW website saying they extend their condolences and sympathies to his, fa to his family and uh, hope that uh, the family's privacy will be respected. Wales manager Gary Speed has been found dead, thought to have taken his own life. An influential player for club and country, Speed became the first to make 500 premiership appearances. Gary Speed leaves behind his wife and two sons. White lips, pale face, breathing in snowflakes, burnt lungs, our taste. Lights gone, days end, struggling to pay rent, long nights, strange men, 
plus 18 Stuck in her daydream Been this way since 18 But lately her face seems Slowly sinking, wasting Crumbling like pastries And they scream The worst things in life come free to us Cause we're just under the upper hand I'm going mad for a couple grams And she don't wanna go outside tonight And in a pipe she flies to the motherland Or sells love to another man It's too cold outside For angels to fly, to fly The House of Kings, Westminster Abbey. For a thousand years, the cradle of royal power. And today, the setting for a royal wedding. The bells of Westminster Abbey ring out as Prince William arrives for his wedding service. Our first glimpse of Catherine Middleton, carefully making her way in to the car. The bride is on her way. Lots of smiles, a wonderful view delicate veil and lots of intricate lace. And I can tell you now, it has just been confirmed that it is Sarah Burton that Alexander McQueen designed this dress and it's made of ivory and white satin preserve. I, William Arthur Philip Louis. I, William Arthur Philip Louis. Take thee, Catherine Elizabeth. Take thee, Catherine Elizabeth. To my wedded wife. To my wedded wife. I, Catherine Elizabeth. I, Catherine Elizabeth. Take thee, William Arthur Philip Louis. Take thee, William Arthur Philip Louis. To my wedded husband. To my wedded husband. I pronounce that they be man and wife together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. William and Catherine emerge from Westminster Abbey in a little bit of sunshine as man and wife. And this is what it's all about. This is what the great British pageant is about. And this is why so many people come to London to enjoy what's going on. The sun has come out for the return to the palace. We've all camped out here this morning and just waved flags, sung songs, just really enjoyed the atmosphere. You know, everything going on in the world at the moment, all, you know, bad things, and everyone just came together, had a big party, all the pageantry. It's nice just to have fun and just be British. Best time ever. Honestly, I can't tell you. I've cried halfway through. Lots of shouts from the crowd here. And that's the reward. Together! Only I can live 
forever. It was a momentous statement that the White House has been waiting to make for more than 10 years. Good evening. Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden, the leader of Al-Qaeda. Outside the White House, there were celebrations. President Obama said officials have been working on an intelligence lead for some time. Last week, they located the compound in Pakistan where bin Laden was hiding. Last night, the operation to kill him was authorized. A small team of Americans carried out the operation with extraordinary courage and capability. No Americans were harmed. They took care to avoid civilian casualties. After a firefight, they killed Osama bin Laden and took custody of his body. Osama bin Laden was the world's most wanted man. He was regarded as the mastermind behind the September 11th attack on the Twin Towers, but he was being sought as early as 1998 for the bombing of two American embassies in Africa. On nights like this one, we can say to those families who have lost loved ones to al-Qaeda's terror, justice has been done. Bin Laden may be dead, but the movement he inspired lives on, and Americans are being warned to beware of an upsurge in terrorist activity. I wanna sing, I wanna shout, I wanna scream till the words dry out. So put it in all of the papers. I'm not afraid they can read all about it, read all about it. of world leaders living a largely secret life at the heart of an intensely secretive communist country. The cult of personality around Kim Jong-il means that even when and where he was born are in dispute. He was schooled for leadership and increasingly groomed to succeed his father, the great leader, founder of Stalinist North Korea, thus creating the world's first hereditary communist state. Kim Jong-il's first public appearance was to mark his father's 80th birthday in 1992. <laughs> Two years later, Kim Il-sung died of a heart attack. The TV commentators wept. He was retitled Eternal President. Kim Jong-il's time had arrived. Kim Jong-il was also accused of state-sponsored terrorism. South Korea said he ordered the 1987 bombing of a South Korean airliner, to which a North Korean agent apparently confessed. The world's greatest worry was North Korea's nuclear capability. It represented a massive threat from an unpredictable regime. 
North Korea's apparent commitment to nuclear disarmament has been a positive pointer. But the end of Kim Jong-il's bizarre rule only adds to the uncertainty. When she was just a girl, she expected the world. But it flew away from her reach, so she ran away in her sleep. France, women are now officially banned from wearing full-face veils in public after controversial law came into effect. While the government says the move is aimed at helping Muslims adapt to the local community, critics accuse President Sarkozy of persecuting Islam to win back votes from the right. The new rulings made some scared to speak out, but many vow not to change the way they dress. Abdir Rahman Dahman was fired as Nicolas Sarkozy's integration advisor last month after criticizing the president's approach. He now calls on French Muslims to wear a star similar to the one forced on Jews by the Nazis. Opinion polls show record low approval ratings for the French government, with accusations it's deliberately stirring interracial tension. Thousands of Italians celebrated on the streets of Rome after Italy's premier, Silvio Berlusconi, resigned Saturday. His resignation sets in motion a transition aimed at bringing Italy back from the brink of an economic crisis. It also marks the end of Berlusconi's reign in Italian politics which lasted 17 years. Berlusconi's resignation came on a day when Italy's lower house overwhelmingly approved economic reforms that were demanded by other countries in the EU. in televised football have apologised after being caught criticising women in the game. Sky Sports presenters Richard Keyes and Andy Gray were heard saying women officials don't know the offside rule 
during a match in which one of the assistant referees was indeed a woman. Sky Sports says the comments, which weren't broadcast, were not acceptable. As a match official, assistant referee Sean Massey is used to facing flack for her decisions. What she's less prepared for is criticism for being a woman, especially from two of the best-known names in the sport. Somebody better get down there and explain yeah. offside to her. Yeah, I don't believe that. But it didn't stop there. Key's next target, the woman dubbed the first lady of football, West Ham's vice chairman, Karen Brady. The game's gone mad. The charming Karen Brady this morning complaining about sexism. Yeah, do me a favour, love. Makes my blood boil, if I'm absolutely honest. I, mean, I, I forget myself for a second because... You know, what was said about me is a, is a personal opinion and perhaps, you know, everyone's entitled to that. What really upsets me is the fact that only uh, females in our industry are judged by the fact that they, uh, by their gender. It was just banter. Winter is coming. <laughs> this one will be long and dark things will come with it. I saw what I saw. I know they did it. In my bones, I know it. Boy, I don't want to be his queen. I want to go home. My brother has a sword, and I have my mind. You might not have my name. You have my blood. Honor! You think it's honor that's keeping the peace? It's fear! Distrusting me was the wisest thing you've done. Everyone who isn't us is an enemy. You kill me. Your brother's a dead man. Stop this madness! I know your king! When you play the Game of Thrones, you win. Or you die. This is the sound of a people rising. What we witnessed here today, what the people of Egypt accomplished over the past 18 days was a transformation, a revolution not just of their political system, but of themselves. After all the years of humiliation and powerlessness and defeat, it ended with a dour man in a blue suit. President Hosni Mubarak has decided to step down from the office of President of the Republic, said the Vice President. Across the country, the demand was the same. Leave. And then, in an instant that changed history, we did. Colonel Gaddafi has been captured and shot dead in his home city of Sirte in Libya. His death came when he tried to flee with supporters as transitional forces gained control of the former leader's last stronghold. Fighters say they found him hiding in a concrete drain after reports that his convoy had been attacked by NATO warplanes. It was a humiliating end for the dictator who ruled Libya for 42 years. This is the moment they've been fighting for for so long. Muammar Gaddafi, critically wounded, slung into the back of a truck. Jubilation among forces loyal to the new authorities, who've paid a heavy price for this. The fighting has been so fierce in Sirte, Colonel Gaddafi's hometown, his supporters must have been protecting someone important. But Libyan officials thought the fugitive leader had fled to the desert. Few expected to find him hiding in the place where he was born and on which he lavished his country's wealth. And here in the capital, Tripoli, an explosion of relief and joy. 
The Stars and Stripes were folded today, signaling the end of one of the longest wars in our history. Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta accepted the colors in Baghdad as he formally closed America's nearly nine-year involvement in Iraq. Today in particular, we remember the nearly 4,500 brave Americans who made the ultimate sacrifice for their country. Now the war is in the hands of the historians who will weigh the toppling of a brutal dictator against a war fought over weapons of mass destruction that were never found. So as your Commander-in-Chief, and on behalf of a grateful nation, I'm proud to finally say these two words, and I know your families agree. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. If you'd like to find out more about the music and audio clips from this episode, head over to sounds21c.wordpress.com. The series is produced by me, Tom Eames. Next time, it's 2012, the year of the London Olympics, the Diamond Jubilee, and the Jimmy Savile scandal, as Sounds of the 21st Century continues. Sounds of the 21st Century.